the world of Bitcoin fits into to Web3. And uh, when I came across it, it just seemed like the biggest scam I'd ever seen. Twitter said, you know what? It seems like you could actually compete against us and maybe actually even steal our entire platform. Then Twitter just shut Meerkat out. If you're creating a wallet or a blockchain or any sort of piece of experience and you're not allowing your user base or your customers or those participants that help add value to the tool, if you're not sharing that with them in some way, it's very easy to spin up a competitor. How many agencies have said in the past couple of months, what is an NFT? What is an <laughs> NFT? And it, the last, the T stands for token, and then you've got yeah. social tokens. And then you see the world developing around it, and it's just like, this is the future. We are with Jeff Kaufman. Thank you for coming, Jeff. Absolutely. Good to <laughs> uh, be here. We have, we, we did grab a beer this time, uh, which is awesome. This is loud and clear for people who give a shit about advertising. This is the Lerma podcast. And today, as I said, we have Jeff Kaufman, who's the founder at Parachute. It's, it's a new agency that's gonna, that's gonna surprise the market. I think it, it, it's really redefining what agencies should be. And has also started recently Jump. Uh, which is a community that speaks and redefines or defines Web3, NFTs, and social tokens. I love the names because if anybody that knows Jeff knows that he's a lot into skydiving. Mm -hmm. He started in the social media space and digital space a while back. In fact, he was the social media lead for Skydive Dallas, which is a, a, one of the most prominent and most important skydiving centers in the country. And then he, he joins uh, Click Here Labs in the digital space. And that's where he started to get into all, all digital, all media. Uh, and then he grew fast and steady into, into leading the, the digital media department at the Riches Group. Now with, with, <laughs> with, with intention and with a passion that drives him, He, he's, he starts this new agency. I've heard him speak. You know, the first memory I have about you, Jeff, is uh, you were talking about social media at the digital training sessions we used to have uh, four or five years ago, I, I believe. And, and obviously you drive a lot of passion. The way you express yourself was pretty awesome. So I am, I am very excited to, that you're here. I'm very excited particularly because this podcast, Loud and Clear, tries to redefine or try to rethink or challenge what advertising agencies' role are in, in the space. And I think that you do that, that you have a mindset of, of challenging what's happening and have a good outlook of what's coming. So, so welcome, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I'm excited to be here to talk about Web3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long ago did you start this? Well, I mean, you were thinking about this for a while, but when did you make the jump to to parachute and, and jump. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So I, I think it's always good to go back to when everybody kind of has their first interaction with Web3 and kind of what that looks like. And so mine was around 2013. Um, the world of Bitcoin fits into to Web3. And uh, when I came across it, it just seemed like the biggest scam I'd ever seen <laughs> and uh, was pretty turned off by it. Um, and looking back on it, I think it kind of comes down to, you know, at the time it was a bunch of technologists and coders and developers and not the best people in the world at articulating their idea in a way that like, non-technical people would would understand as it often happens right yeah yeah and and i think the the whole community got better at that over time um and then fast forward to 2017 um some new applications started to get built primarily with ethereum and the theoretical of all the use cases sort of started to get talked about um, and that was super interesting but wasn't still at a place where it felt right for someone who works in the advertising or communications or creative field to get involved um, it, it, it was still very developer centric and finance centric 
And then around uh, the beginning of 2020, um, I got, I started getting really frustrated with just the way Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all of the walled gardens treat the brands and the creators and um, their, their users and just the general business model and sort of structure that they had evolved into. Um, and, and so I just kind of opened up my mind to different alternatives and was just hunting around and came across the concept of social tokens. And so it was kind of that moment early 2020 that the Web3 space started to look like this area where someone from an agency or someone from media or someone from creative or strategy could start to get involved in the space. And so tracking it through 2020 was really uh, sort of the moment that uh, uh, sort of got to the conviction that I needed to start working in the space full time. And you know, for some of us, um, what 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 ex or how how would you explain Web three in, in in a simple way? The absolute main difference is centralized versus decentralized, and that uh, idea of those two different polar ends of the spectrum, uh, different use cases, uh, different models. Um, all kinds of different things can be accomplished when you take a system and you decentralize it versus having it really tightly controlled centrally. And the main aspect of that decentralization versus centralization is really kind of at the database level. Okay. Um, and so if you think of Facebook, they've got their centralized servers where they control anything and everything that sits on those servers and essentially own it. So they own your content as a user, they own your content as a brand. Um, very easy for them to do literally anything they want. They have APIs that uh, companies build uh, new, over it, new <laughs> platforms on, um, and then overnight those APIs get shut off, uh, i.e. Uh, Meerkat. Remember Meerkat yeah. kind of blowing up? It's South by Southwest, it didn't last too late. And then right? Twitter said, you know what? It seems like you could actually compete against us and maybe actually even steal our entire platform. Because when you think about... And then came Periscope, right? Yeah, and then uh, Twitter just shut Meerkat out. Periscope bought it, recreated kind of that whole product and what happened to Meerkat. And so, you know, a fully open database or API system essentially would allow a company to literally recreate that version of the company. So that so Facebook and YouTube and Google and all these platforms want to control that as they should. I mean, it, it's 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 that type of business model and that type of structure. And then on the flip side, when you look at decentralized, you're essentially uh, you know, moving into this area where everything's open and not controlled by a single entity. Okay. And that creates a lot of different use cases, especially when, th you know, when you think about the, the database level up to the user level. And so we can get into kind of some of those use cases, but... And that's the, where the social token and blockchain and everything Yeah, exactly. And so when you kind of say uh, centralized versus decentralized, uh, then like, that's the main difference. So then what are the benefits and what are some of the use cases? And so on the Web3 decentralized side, you start to look at true digital asset ownership um, mm. versus in a centralized world. It's very hard to, uh, um, to accomplish something like that because Google and Facebook don't talk to each other. Right. Right. And so you can't have a digital asset on Facebook that you can move to Google, for example. Right. Um, so do you see this like, for example, for brands, do you see this as a huge advantage when when it starts to be when you start having a voice or a presence? In absolutely. Office? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the. We all know the story of brands in Web2 uh, where organic reach just kind of tanked over time and uh, you know, turned into this pay-to-play model. Um, and then 
yeah, it just got really super expensive. And then, you know, supply and demand in these ad markets caused prices to skyrocket. And so we were just talking about the value of a like, right? When people thought they were like, it's their community and ex- this was not. Exactly. And, and, and Facebook pulled one of the biggest bait and switches of all time, which was come build your audience, talk to them whenever you want, build this community. Um, and then boom, change the rules. Right, change the rules, throttle, throttled the rules, and now brands are paying, paying for it literally, right. in the tunes of, of of billions of dollars. And so, when you think about Web three, um, we actually move to an ability for brands to create real communities that they can talk to and engage with, in the way that we all hoped for when. Uh, Web 2 was first getting started. If you were kind of a pioneer of social media, a lot of the stuff you talked about was, um, you know, the ability to go direct to your consumer and to talk to them directly and to Mm -hmm. build this audience and have this like fluid communication with them. And that was true until the rules changed. Yeah, as a huge speaking, like you think, and they had the Super Bowl commercial, I don't think it was this last year, but the previous year that they, or maybe it was this year, where they focused Facebook particularly in groups. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I hear you speaking, and it's almost like they're like, oh my God, people really think that they have to pay to play. Let's create maybe this facade, if, if you will, of groups to make them think that at least around a passion point, you can own a community, but it's not true. Yeah, it's still tough, and it, it's it's still not true. And then and then the other aspect to those groups is that Facebook um, monetizes your group, so ads are served within the feed and the next next to that. It becomes content, a targeting tool, and it becomes a targeting tool. So in in that sense, again, brands are really helping, or community builders are really helping Facebook um, segment their audiences for targeting yeah. and actually create uh, eyeball placement uh, for these ads and the actual, you know, the value, who, who's really creating the value here? Um, well, it's the participants in the community and then it's the the entities, whether it's a brand or a, a person who builds the community. That's a big piece of the value equation. Facebook's technology stack is another piece. So it's kind of like, a triangle, right? There's kind of three pillars to that, who's creating value, the platform, the members of the community and the community leaders, but who's capturing all of the value, right? By and large, only Facebook is. Um, And increasingly over time, they're capturing more and more uh, of that value. And so Web3 in a lot of ways is, is 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 a reaction to the way that uh, the the Web2 centralized platforms have uh, changed the rules, created new rules, and uh, and and don't allow all the participants to capture value for uh, the value that they're creating. Mm-hmm. So for Web2, the Facebook and the Googles became bosses, and this is yeah. more of a question. Uh, would you think? That you know, and going back to social tokens and and crypto, um, would you think that I don't know? I was thinking of NFTs, right? And you and you want to play in NFTs and, and you have to jump into Ethereum, yeah. right? As, as I understand it, right now. Yeah. Um, would you say that there's the risk of these digital wallet owners or? I'm just wondering yeah. who's going to end up being the boss, right? Like the, the, mm-hmm. the, within a space like this, or is it not possible? Like there's so many options that you're really going to stay open. It's really hard to um, kind of pin stuff down because who becomes the boss is who creates the most value for the Users. community yeah. that is uh, attached to it. So. If you're creating a wallet or a blockchain or any sort of piece of experience and you're not allowing your user base or your customers or those participants that help add value to the tool, if you're not sharing that with them in some way, it's very easy to spin up a, uh, a competitor. Right. Um, and, and speaking of wallets, wallets is a good a good place to, to, to kind of talk about because um, in our traditional sense of how tech gets built and digital tools that we use get built is that 
you create an account with some new app or website and then you start doing stuff in that app mm -hmm. and then all the stuff that you do um, stays in that app and you can't move it and so then it becomes this huge kind of uh, hurdle to you're think trapped. about yeah you're trapped you're trapped either from the network effects of the you know the connections that you've made yeah. your, your friends or your professional content con contacts or you're trapped from uh, you know the uh, the following that you have obtained or you're trapped from there's so much content like so for me for example with Evernote I just don't feel like I can ever leave Evernote right. we talk a lot about social and whatnot but Evernote's a good example of a tool where everything you've made in there is or every note you just like how do you port that I try out? I and I'm back at it and you're back at it and then now every week it seems to get harder and harder to you know not have to pay uh, for the tool now you know they are a business and they need to to make money but um, there are other ways to to create that value and so wallets are a good example of the wallet uh, there's a word change that I think once you once you uh, kind of change some of the words that we use, it helps explain the space better. So think instead of platform, think of portal. Okay. And when you change that language and you think that you're interacting with a portal versus a platform, it means that you're you're using it as an interface to something else. And so the wallet is just a portal to your NFT assets or your social token assets. Oh, interesting. Meaning that um, you can change your wallet at any time, just like your physical wallet. You can take your assets out and you can put them in a new wallet. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that creates a really free market scenario where uh, if you're gonna provide a wallet and you're gonna provide a service, you have to keep creating value or giving value back in order to retain your your audience or your customer base. Right, your community. And and you you spoke you know you were speaking about community and I'm interested in saying within this context of of Web three um, and and social tokens, which I, I would love to talk more a little bit more about that. But uh, explain to us a little bit what you're doing with Jump. Yeah, I think it's super cool uh, that you're bringing together. There's a lot of chatter and talk about all of this, but yeah. you're almost the teams organizing it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I think it's important to to kind of just recognize the some of the phases that the advertising, marketing, and business community has has gone through since the '90s, really the start of the internet. So if you look at the mid '90s, no one understood what the at symbol mean meant. And dot com was this new word, and uh, you know people would put dot com on billboards <laughs> just to really signify what this Be thing cool, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the whole idea of email—it it was just all so foreign. And then the first websites were just PDFs. It's that famous video of Katie Kirk, right? Yeah, the Today Show, and they just uh, and, <laughs> yeah. And so we have this mass awareness of the internet but not mass adoption at the time. So 1994, Today Show, talking about it, everybody's heard of the internet, everybody's heard of email, they've seen a website or talked to a friend. Mass awareness, but not mass adoption. Fast forward to the mid 2000s when mobile and social, sort of the second phase of the internet's coming. YouTube. YouTube, and you sort of enter this new phase where there's this whole idea of who would put their real name on the internet? Right? There's just a bunch of scams and drug dealers on the internet. Who would put their photo on the internet? Who would put a photo of their kid on the internet? Why would you tag your location? Someone's going to know that you're not at home and they're going to go rob you. Why would you ever tag where you're at on your, you're on vacation, like all this stuff. Right. And then CMOs asking, what's the value of, of a like? Why would I ever care about a like? How am I going to tweet? 20 times a day. I can't get that through legal. We'd have to pass everything. So there's all these muscles and all these new things that are just completely foreign. So it's getting regulated and stuff. Yeah. And so the 2020s, I mean, as agency people and marketers were always thinking about, you know, what's next. To me, the 2020s, those new weird words are what's a token? Mm -hmm. What's a 
Should I tokenize my community brands or products? How do I interact with another tokenized community? How many agencies have said in the past couple of months, what is an NFT? What is an <laughs> NFT? And it, the last, the T stands for token, and then you've got yeah. social tokens. And so yeah. there's this whole, uh, yeah, there's this whole sort of language change. It's very obvious that we're kind of in that, that very early stage again. And so uh, last fall, I put together a trends presentation really for myself, just to organize my own thoughts. Um, and then after I got it together, good idea. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, and after I got it together, it just, it seemed like a good, uh, good content. I really liked it. Um, and so I just started sharing it with people. I just, you know, called up people who are, which you probably have good contacts being a social media buyer. For, fortunately, uh, uh, know a lot of smart people. And yeah. I basically was like, I want to get their feedback and their thoughts on this. Like what's, what's their reaction to it? Um, you know, no expectations, just here's a trends presentation. Let's talk about it. Um, I presented this presentation to creative people, to digital strategists, to media, to account service. I presented it to, uh, the founder of a billion dollar company. Um, and the reaction was the same. Who was that? Who, can you say who that was? Or no? Uh, it was the, uh, the CEO of sprinkler. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yes. Yeah, so, and what was funny about all of those individuals, the founder of a billion dollar, you know, startup, uh, to, you know, an account service individual, the reaction was the same across the board, which was, this is fascinating. I understand why it's important. Um, they could see it coming to life. This is coming. Yeah, this is coming to life. Um, I, I, I buy the trends presentation and where things are going. I have no idea where to start. What do I do next? And to be honest, for me, at this from same, brands, from platforms, from people just, in advertising, they were like, what, what do we do? Because it's so different. It's just right. like when you hear about these new spaces, um, it's just yeah it's just it's hard to imagine really where to start and part of that has to do with the space is still early right when when the iphone first launched it was you know you could really see that there was something special that that was going to happen uh but where you start what those use cases were what technology what partners uh you know where does it fit in the whole ecosystem of your business or marketing is all hard questions mm -hmm. to answer and so given that reaction from, from everyone is essentially market research, uh, giving that presentation totally. and just having conversations, it was, it just became super obvious that the right next step was, uh, that we needed a community, uh, sort of like an industry association. And that's kind of the, where jump started nice. was this idea of an industry association. Uh, to kind of learn this stuff. So you look back at the early 90s and you've got the IAB. Right. Um, the Internet Advertising Bureau yeah. really bringing that to life. And Worldwide now. The Mobile Marketing Association, mm -hmm. right, went on the rise of mobile. And so it just seemed very apparent that it's really just a time to let's start talking about it and learning and, and build a, a community and an industry association around, uh, around Web3. And if you're gonna build an industry association around something, uh, you know, the best way to do it is to do it in a way that's native to that space. So in the 90s, if you're gonna build a community around internet advertising, you probably wanted to build a website, right. right? It didn't make sense for the community to just host a bunch of conference calls and talk about the internet on the phone. It was much better for them to build a website, write a blog, write a newsletter and organize themselves and do all of these things that were native to the space. So that kind of sent me down this path to think about what would a native organization and an industry association that was native to Web3 that really leaned into the way Web3 operates and that we would learn the organization and the people involved with it would learn web three by doing mm -hmm. by being participants versus just talking about it. Right. And, and so that's the idea uh, of jump. And then when you start to unpack, um, 
the, the fundamentals of how Web3 works with NFTs and what they can do and what social tokens, and there's a lot of words for social tokens like brand tokens or community tokens or fan tokens. Um, when you start to look at what's possible with those that isn't possible with other types of technology, you start to unpack that uh, jump is different than an industry association. It is part industry association, and then it's part social network. Mm -hmm. um, it's part, it has elements that look like a traditional company. Um, and so when you start to think about, you know, bringing that to life um, and the participants involved in it, you know, that that's really the mission is, is let's all kind of build in this space together to teach ourselves this. And then ultimately, you know, I think that's going to start to uncover all of the use cases and uh, ways that we can um, use this in our own businesses, mm -hmm. uh, as well as what new products and services uh, that we can offer to our clients. Because it's, it's, it's sort of one of those deals where this space is, is so new that the uh, to figure there's out. a lot of opportunity for pretty much anyone who wants to kind of jump in and get how can they involved. like how can you join jump like? yeah so so right now uh we're going through um it's it's almost like this concept of building in public mm -hmm. um and so trying not to uh do all this heavy lifting to create this tokenized community and then invite people to be a part of it it's really more how do people get involved before the tokenization of the community ever even comes to life. Mm -hmm. And so how people can get involved right now is uh, just go to joinjump.community and there's a very simple form to request an invite. And we'll have a link on the on the podcast so yeah. you guys can, can go for it. And essentially that, that process is designed just to uh, really ensure that it's agency individuals and, and people in a marketing function or Web3 startups that are, that are building for uh, the brand space and the agency space. And so it's just a way to really ensure that the, the community is the right you know, kind of people, um, agency world people. And so from there, uh, we do an onboarding call, uh, a Zoom uh, uh, call. And uh, I share the trends presentation, uh, an updated version of the trends presentation that I created last fall. Which I'm going to ask you a question about that in a second. Yeah. And uh, and then after that, I do, uh, I go into the overview of Jump uh, and like the phases that we're in and why why Jump even exists. Um, and then the three phases that, that, we're, that we're going through, which phase one right now is, is just the onboarding phase. Super exciting. And then after that Zoom call, um, essentially, uh, I share the, the deck, uh, which honestly has uh, hundreds of hours of, of research to distill it into those sort of 15 trend slides. Um, and that deck can easily be taken and shared with a client um, to just start, get the conversation started about Web3. Um, and then uh, an invite link is shared to the Discord where we're organizing ourselves and where we're having uh, sort of discussions around the space uh, and sharing links and sort of, so that's that's kind of the community but in that sense the community doesn't exist yet as a web3 community right coming together right and and once we kind of have that base that's when we move into the actual tokenization um, and creating a community token and uh, holders of those tokens are essentially, this is the decentralized social network concept coming to life. You now have everybody who holds a jump token is connected. Uh, so you start a cryptocurrency kind of thing? They're connected on chain. I would say it's it's not a currency. Okay. Uh, because, um, you know, there's- uh, That would be awesome. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a regulatory, uh, you know, gray area for uh, creating securities. Um, but uh, there is a token and that token can have value if the community wants it to have value and it can be traded and there are there is a limited supply of those tokens. And so supply and demand can take effect on the token. 
uh, much the way supply and demand can take, you know, effect on any market like sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the the real, uh, you know, the real goal is to, uh, and you and you'll hear this a lot when you get into NFTs and social tokens, is this concept of utility and giving. Uh, giving tokens whether it's an nft or a social token giving it utility and so what does that mean a really simple example of utility is access access to a community right if you hold x y and z token you you get access to premium content or premium people or premium tools or things that you can't get access to without uh holding that token makes me think of a small world Mm-hmm. That, remember? So something we skipped and we did talk about is what day is today? <laughs> it's like we we woke up this morning into a, yeah. a, a very special day. Today is what? It's May 19th. Yeah. Um, in the in the midst of cryptocurrency, NFTs and everything, we wake up today with uh, a little bit of a down would you say a, yeah. a, 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 a little a little bit is an understatement <laughs> <laughs> yeah just for context because i think it's it, it's really interesting how we've seen all of this rise nfts uh tokens in general non-fungible tokens uh cryptocurrency and and this morning we wake up with um a lot of these cryptos uh on the downside they i think they recuperated here towards the end of the day um but as, as context, it's interesting that I'm excited that we're having this podcast in the middle of, of this, just to show also how this is fast evolving and yeah. kind of self-regulating and coming into mm-hmm. place as we go, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the so what happened today, so to kind of recap it, is uh, the kind of the entire crypto market in terms of the cost of these coins that everybody's familiar with, Ethereum and Bitcoin and, and a lot of others. Dutch. Dutch. Dogecoin. <laughs> um, is they, they, is one of the biggest sort of crashes we've we've seen in a while, but it's it's not something that, that is actually uncommon. Right. Um, it's happened a hold. ton. It's hot. Yeah, hold, <laughs> hold, <laughs> diamond hands. All these, you know, this, there, there's a huge speculative uh, aspect to uh, Web three. Um, but I think you know those individuals that were very early in the internet and building up the internet. There was a big speculative aspect of of that as well, um, and the. The reality is since, you know, these tools and protocols and tokens are all liquid, it does invite a lot of speculation and speculation mean, you know, buying a coin just because you hope it goes up, not because. And mass excitement as well. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, people are buying it because it's fun. It gives you something to talk about. Uh, if, if it does go up and you sell it and you make money, that's fantastic. Um, and, and so that that's kind of the nature of, of what we're seeing. Um, and with that speculation, basically markets get overheated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, when if we talk about more of the nuances of the financial side, People take out a lot of leverage, meaning loans, against their currencies, um, and then they're they're buying on leverage. And if a token drops in price, uh, your position gets liquidated, um, and that can cause these just incredible uh, price drops that are just uh, gut wrenching to kind of look at. But that's the nature of the industry. The good news is that. In today's environment of Web3, you can participate in Web3 without spending a dime, right? We've we've made it to this space where if the whole idea of buying tokens and, and it just doesn't feel right, you know, a lot of people um, prefer, you know, financial things that are, uh, you know, a lot more steady, mm-hmm. um, and, and doesn't create, yeah, it doesn't, uh, <laughs> it I was mean, in gold, yeah. exactly. Or just, you know, whatever that is, um, 
you know, we're, we're getting into these consumer apps and these consumer experiences, experiences and these ways to participate in Web3 and understand the benefits of Web3 without ever actually having to play this sort of uh, without having to buy tokens. And really what that boils down to is you're earning tokens. Right? Mm -hmm. Did Facebook ever give you tokens for creating a profile or give you stock for creating a profile and adding a ton of value to their platform? No, they didn't. And, and none of these platforms did. Um, whereas uh, these Web3 communities and these Web3 businesses and products uh, essentially um, distribute tokens to people who create value for the community. Right. Um, and we can talk about some of the, the communities but, um, that I'm involved in, but to put it in context of Jump, uh, let's say, for example, you know, we've got uh, someone straight out of college and we, know, we all know agency life, like you're not making a ton of money and it's just like... We've all been there. Yeah, we've <laughs> all been there. It's the rite of passage. Um, you know, buying tokens that to be a part of this thing that you don't even kind of understand doesn't it it it, it might not feel right um but there but there's elements of earning tokens earning your way into the community and that means creating value for the community so something that we're going to be doing for jump that i think is going to provide a lot of value to everybody in the community is uh, a guest speaker series where okay. we are bringing in true web3 experts whether it's a startup individual uh someone who creates content uh, founders or investors, um, and we're going to invite them in to have essentially private conversations uh, and one-on-one -on -one conversations. Think like a Zoom with you know just the Jump community to ask questions and to dive into sort of Web three and to start to really see what these really innovative individuals are doing. Like, what are the builders doing? Not what's the price doing today. Mm -hmm. The price goes all over the place. What are the builders doing? Who's creating products and experiences? Um, and there's a whole world of social apps being built in this space right now. What's their vision and what are they trying to accomplish? And let's start to have these conversations. And so you can think of, uh, imagine, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a committee. I think we're gonna call them mobs. Okay. Uh, so like <laughs> little mobs uh, and they're essentially teams within the community and you can join whatever mob that you want within the community. You can create your own mob uh, to do whatever you wanna do that you think will add value to the community. And so one mob will be curating these guest speakers and just inviting them in to have uh, you know, a private chat with just our community. And in doing so, you're creating value for the community. Uh, you should earn jump to for that right yeah I like and it. so that that's this dynamic that starts to come to play where you can participate in these tokenized communities you almost start building a an economy based on the value that you bring to the community that's a hundred percent true so there's this concept of micro economies and digital internet micro economies that are just going to spring up and so you know I'm a, it sounds crazy to think about, but I'm 100% a believer that in five years, we're gonna have millions of micro economies, millions of communities with their own token. So that's funny, because it's interesting that view, and that was part of my question too. I wanna ask like Jeff Kaufman, what the future looks like, especially what the future looks like. Um, I'm interested in general, but for advertising agencies with, within this context. But the microeconomy, uh, the, 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 the millions of microeconomies is interesting because a lot of the narrative, at least how I understand it, and I may be wrong, is rallying instead of being having a fragmented economy like it allegedly is now with the dollar and the yen, and the, you know, mm -hmm. euros uh, coming together with one cryptocurrency. But oddly enough, <laughs> There's a lot of these cryptocurrencies popping up, and then you mentioned this, you know, tons of microeconomies. Within that, can we get your opinion on how that's going to happen? And then what is your vision of how the future looks like mm -hmm. for agencies and businesses? Just a little glimpse of your 
presentation, I guess. So a good way to think about these micro economies and what the internet turns to is think of gaming platforms and gaming ecosystems and the economies. This, Roblox? Yeah. What's that? Roblox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Fortnite is a really good right. example. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so you have these gaming uh, sort of platforms. Again, they are centralized. So it's a centralized economy. It's not an open or truly open economy. But you have all of these digital assets and uh, this way to interact uh, in this game. Right. Um, and create value for yourself and have fun and all this stuff. Um, so really this world that we're moving into is think of that like gaming environment, but make it turn it into the entire internet. Oh, wow. The entire internet becomes, has these elements of the way you know, Fortnite operates. And, uh, you know, uh, and actually a really good movie that plays into this is Ready Player One. And when you start to understand the concepts of NFTs and social tokens and what they en enable, Ready Player One starts to look like, oh, I now understand the technology that makes this experience come to life. Um, and so how, how can brands get involved? Uh, a really simple use case is gonna be brand partnerships between tokenized communities. Mm -hmm. You know, the, imagine, um, you know, a, a really passionate running community um, that's tokenized and and they've kind of got their own kind of uh, economy and community. Strava is kind of doing that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big cyclist and I feel like they have a lot of this, you know, join this challenge and then they, you get the badge and then you get, but you get things, you know, yeah. physical, interesting. Yeah, yeah, these ideas of badges, uh, but, uh, you know, in the Web3 version, those badges become NFTs. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can kind of really start to see this, um, this world come together where a brand like Nike would want to partner with that tokenized running community. Or actually Strava may say, hey, we want to partner with you. Um, you can actually earn valuable NFTs or, or tokens within your community for completing actions inside of Strava, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because this running community isn't necessarily going to have this incredible app that mm -hmm. does all this cool stuff. Um, but it could be, there could be these really good uh, partnerships between brands and, and tokenized communities. Now the, the, the use cases, this is where it gets like a little bit harder to kind of conceptualize. Um, and pictures are really good to kind of talk about this future. Um, Which by it, the way, if you haven't seen, like you're hearing Jeff, but if you see him present, you get a sense of the passion and how he drives this points forward. So uh, if they if you join the community, you probably get a chance to do that. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> with yes, pictures. And, and, <laughs> yes, with pictures. That's the key point. Um, so uh, back to the kind of a wallet, you have a wallet and you have NFTs and social tokens in your wallet. These are assets. And so when you here's a user experience, you're going to start to see change over time. When you go to a website, Instead of logging in with username and password, there's going to be connect wallet. Okay. Right? Big, big internet change right there. That one little, you know, it's easy to overlook something as simple as not using your username and password and using connect wallet. And so when you connect your wallet, uh, which Apple is kind of doing, Apple Facebook. Is Apple is going to be able to play in this space. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Facebook will find a way to play in this space, but there's going to be a whole new entrance of uh, players and uh, platforms and ways for brands to interact that we haven't even thought of. Like, who would have thought that, you know, 4G, this high sort of broadband mobile video, right? Mm -hmm. We couldn't, couldn't have mobile video the, the way that we have it today without 4G and 4G led to stories. And stories would be where, you know, Snapchat stories, Instagram stories, and then every social network in, in, Shopping, puts clubs. this stories feature in their platform. Um, who would have thought that that would have been, you know, the big uh, consumer the weekly, social app yeah. feature 
that was going to be uh, so sort of impactful. So, um, but back to, you know, you go to a website and you log in with your wallet and uh, that wallet can see uh, what NFTs and social tokens you hold. And I expect there to be privacy elements to this too, where you can mask your wallets uh, or hide the value of the tokens in your wallet and just say, these are, these are the NFTs and social tokens that I have. Uh, but I don't want you to see the value or some of the certain elements of it. And so, but these, uh, these apps essentially think about it this way, right? You've got a tokenized community. So let's say you and I hold the jump token mm -hmm. and then we go to this new website, uh, that has cr essentially created an experience. It's, it's not, we didn't create it as the jump community, mm -hmm. but they recognize that the jump community is this really valuable community that they want to interact with um, and kind of build tools for or whatever. And so when you and I go and log into that website with our wallets or that app, we can immediately be connected because we hold the same token. Okay. Right. How do apps try to uh, websites try to do that right now? They try to do it with phone numbers give me your address book, right? You sign up for a new app and it's, uh, let me have access to your address book and so that I can start to connect you to people in your address book. So Clubhouse did this really well. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, there's a lot of privacy elements to that. You don't wanna give up your phone number and email to literally everybody just to get these added benefits of being able to go to these different digital experiences and connect with people that you already know. Right, that and you're already so, connected with in, 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 a, in a way. Right? Exactly, and so now you have this massive use case. Okay, so how can brands sort of think about this? Well, as you know, these, these the world kind of fills up with tokens and people have wallets. Um, think of a brand uh, building an app or a website or some functionality into their website and saying, people who hold these tokens, mm -hmm. we want to build a relationship with them. We want them as customers. Um, and you kind of do this like, you know, these, this research, for, the tools don't even exist yet, but this analytics research on uh, and segmenting different types the of tokens, and, all the personas. Yeah. And you, and you sort of zero in on, you know what, people who hold these tokens, these NFTs and are part of these communities, that's our audience. That's where we need to move. Um, let's create an experience for them that they can have. Um, and we know that we can give them that experience, that digital experience, because they're going to connect their wallet. And so we know it's that person. Right. Right. And so it gives this new kind of way to identify your audience, create value for that audience, create experiences for the, 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 your audiences. And it doesn't have to be limited to, to digital experiences. So you can think of a brand sponsoring a community to go to a concert, <laughs> right? And it's, if you have, if you hold this token, literally you can get into this concert for free or what, you know, whatever yeah. that uh, sort of value Experience. proposition is. So, so agencies could potentially play a role the way I understand it or imagining I'm trying to imagine what my job is going to be in, <laughs> in a couple of years, listening to you talk. Um, but could be, could be building these experiences, could be building these communities, could be uh, uh, bringing them together or categorizing that data in a way yeah. that they're getting. So there's different roles that agencies could potentially play in order to keep what I think potentially will never change, which is trying to connect brands when consumers in a relevant way. There's some of those fundamental elements that don't change, but how we do it, um, you know, how we identify our audiences, how we build those experiences for them, the tactical elements, the, you know, those kind of change. And obviously 5G plays a big role in this as well. Yeah, it, it's sort of the, the, as 5G rolls out, as Apple launches their AR headset, I believe next year, mm -hmm. um, and we and we really start to come into the age of better AR and VR experiences. Um, and then obviously, you know, our mobile phones aren't going away anytime soon. And then 5G provides more of this connectivity. Um, 
yeah, you start to enter these new use cases that, you know, we don't even know what's possible. Like who would have predicted Instagram before the iPhone was available? Right. Really hard to think about. Mm -hmm. Instagram didn't even predict it. They, they, they pivoted their way. Or we were just talking about podcasting, right? Like we're talking podcasting is super old, right? What we're doing right now. Yes. Uh, the iPod was there, but you know, it now it's, it took a while. Yeah, it took a while, right? It, it took a while and it's c become completely dominant. So in this web three space, um, you know, I'm excited to get into it because I feel like it's a, I think you're the a, right person to get into it's it. A, it's a 10 to 20 year journey. You know, if, if you really said, where are we at in the adoption curve of, of web three, we're probably 1995 internet. Yeah, that that's where we are. And a, a data point for that is uh, MetaMask, one of the leading wallets, has five million um, uh, sort of wallet addresses. Um, so roughly, I mean, there's that's the one I have. Some, there's potentially some <laughs> duplication in there, but at roughly five five million. They were at the uh, MetaMask was at a million. It's the one with the wolf, right? The, yeah, the little yeah, fox. Yeah, the fox. It's a little fox. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, MetaMask was at a million wallet addresses in October. So that's 1 million to 5 million in six months. Uh, I, I believe- Yeah, I joined a couple of weeks ago or more. Annualized, that's something like a 800% year over year growth rate. Yeah. And so if we look at wallet adoption as this really key indicator of people moving into Web3 and then being able to build experiences around Web3, um, an 800% annualized growth rate puts us at you know, 600 plus million people wallets by the end of 2022 Great. and billions by 2023. And it's sort of like, well, can it keep pace with that 800%? I think it might increase. Um, I think it might grow faster than 800%. Uh, at least in the next couple of years. And then obviously it's going to slow down as, as that adoption right. takes place. Um, but Coinbase, which is, you know, one of the largest kind of platforms out there uh, for just buying cryptocurrencies, they've recently uh, updated their wallet to make it more user-friendly to interact with NFTs and social tokens. So there's oh, nice. an entirely different class of Web3 experiences. So that would leave out MetaMask? Or? Um, it so. would mean that uh, Coinbase's wallet is more is a better direct competitor to mm -hmm. MetaMask. Okay. There's gonna be lots of websites. I think, uh, I don't think of the wallet ecosystem as a winner take all in the way that like search engines were very winner take all, mm -hmm. um, at least not yet. Um, but like, I think Apple will play a big part in this. Like Google's going to have a wallet of, of some sort. Um, will it be the most popular? I don't think so because it comes down to really good design and, and user experience and token economics and these larger companies can't play in token ec economics. It's too, there's too much regulatory gray area. Yeah. And so it's a better fit for startups. Um, but yeah, if we, if we kind of look at, and, and so with Coinbase making that update, 55 million registered users right now. So now you have 55 million registered users that uh, now have a better tool for interacting with NFTs and social tokens. And they don't have to go through these like hard, this hard user experience of downloading MetaMask, learning how to use MetaMask and just these UX problems that make some of this. Yeah, I tried technology. to sell a tweet and I ended up yeah. you know, having to download the app and getting into all that stuff, just trying, just playing with it. These are, these are all UX, uh, UX experiences and problems that are getting figured out. So. You know, if, if Web3 started with, you know, hardcore sort of more of cryptography, you know, backend developer engineers, right? And it's kind of moved from that. And each sort of couple years, there's this new wave of skill set that needs to enter the community. And right now, it's, if you're a front end designer, if you're a UX sort of person, um, like Web3 is your playground right now. And That's there's awesome. there's so few uh, 
yeah, of these people with this skill set in this space. So it's just the demand to create a better UX and better interface is extremely high. Right after that is the communicators, you know, the agent, the brand marketers, and all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, right after that, it, our skill sets start to become super important. And how do you talk to these communities? How do you find them? How do you understand them? Um, how do you work with them? And how do you bring a brand into this space? Uh, brands, it's going to be tough for brands to create. It's going to be interesting own. to me how they embrace it, brands. No? Yeah. Because they, they, we, it, I, I always feel like it's our fault in the agencies. Like it, it's, it's never the brand's fault, in my opinion. It's, it's our fault on how we bring them into it because it's our obligation to teach them what the trends are yeah. and bring them into it in a seamless, non-frictional way, right? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, like this, like it blows my mind. It's not for the faint of heart what you're saying and what, you, what you're envisioning that's going to become. And I think as agencies, we have a very, and I think that's part of the role of, of Parachute, which uh, I, I want I, I to talk to finalize what you're thinking there. But um, it's going to be our, our role to kind of bring brands into this space right. in a way that it makes sense, in a way that they see volume and value right. uh, from the communities, but most importantly, then bringing value to those communities in order to connect. Right. Um, so Parachute, it seems to me, with your entrepreneurial skills, because I forgot to say, uh, Jeff Kaufman Jr. also owns or started uh, Deep Ellum Denim, right? Yes. With, <laughs> with, with another brilliant digital strategist, uh, Benny. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I think you have another partner, but... Um, no, just one. Just, oh, just, just, just okay, two. Okay. Yeah. Just you two. Um, so within that space, Parachute, you bring it to life with an amazing vision. Uh, yeah. So you, you think you're gonna stay in the storytelling part of the thing, or are you gonna go to UX? Yeah. How are you envisioning? Yeah. So the way I think about Parachute and, and what Parachute is versus what Jump is, and to answer your question about how do we get, how do we help our clients and these brands understand the space? In a lot of ways, that's what Jump is designed for, okay. right? Let's invite our clients to kind a of conversation. Be, uh, to a conversation and into a community, um, and that that's sort of the design of the community agencies, marketers, and at a brand and Web three startups. And when you experience the value, it starts to unlock the ideas on how you can take what you experience and apply it to your business. And if you're at a brand, and then the way I think about parachute and jump and the relationship there is I like to use the, the WordPress uh -huh. and automatic. So if you're familiar, automatic is the corporate entity, uh, that is that really founded WordPress okay. and, uh, spends a ton of its own resources, uh, to keep WordPress alive. So WordPress is an open source, a uh, piece of software that anyone can take and use. And there's tons of agencies that have built huge businesses off the back Run of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but if you look at uh, 2020, um, there were somewhere between six and 700 developers that contributed to updating the WordPress code and infrastructure. So 600 to 700 uh, individuals that are just contributing to this open source project. Of those, 250 work at Automatic. Oh, okay. And so Automatic is roughly 30% of the developer of developer resources going into keeping this thing alive. But Automatic's, while it's the biggest group, the community is still larger the community still represents 70% of the ecosystem. And if you look at, um, you know, that, that kind of structure, it's a fascinating model. Uh, you know, and we talk about business models of how do you create, um, these more or less open source communities that you contribute to as a business. Um, and there's a ton of value that's created within that community that you never capture. Like the number of businesses that have been created off of the back of WordPress's open source code that automatic never captured that value. Right. It's insane. 
the CEO of Automatic says that they've captured what he thinks is 5% of the value of the ecosystem. It's a big ecosystem, so that's a big value capture, but that also says that 95% of WordPress's value was captured by the global greater internet. Mm -hmm. And that's a really cool sort of story and, and model to pursue. So when I think about building products and services inside of Jump, I mean, sorry, inside of Parachute, I think about, you know, just things that, um, you know, lean into my skill set. So I'm not a creative. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to develop, uh -huh. you know, creative campaigns. Uh, I fit more into... Already your approach to this whole thing is pretty creative. Art director. Let's say art director. I'm not an art director. I'm not a copywriter. Uh, there's obviously creativity can come from any discipline. Um, but the areas that I tend to lean into are research, analytics, insights, uh, building products, uh, like pieces of software, Platform. platforms and tools and things like that. Um, and so I certainly uh, will sort of lean into uh, sort of uh, building something in, in that sense. Um, and then always sort of maintaining this relationship with this broader community and helping kind of support that community. And so in a lot of ways, like that's, uh, that's, that's Parachute's community involvement is uh, helping support the jump community. That's amazing. I love it. I love that how you build that. Yeah. And, and so one, we can even talk about one of the products that, uh, you know, we're already starting to ideate. Um, and I, I ran by a couple of members in the community uh, and think of it as an analytics product, an analytics protocol, meaning um, how do brands and agencies start to understand the NFT and social token space? We're used to having tools to do this research, right? We have eMarketer, we have Forrester, we have right. Mintel, we have all this kind, we have software to, to, to do all this stuff, to find audiences and just, we kind of know all that. Um, and so one of the products that we're kind of jamming on right now is this idea of creating sort of the base layer. Think of it as like the um, the WordPress code, that that open source code to where the you- The foundation. The foundation where you can just stand up a website. And That'd obviously, and, and it kind of takes the heavy lifting of that initial build off the table. Um, and obviously when you have this huge community that supports it, you can have a really great off the shelf free kind of product. Um, and so think of it as, uh, uh, you know, uh, an analytics, a research and analytics, uh, sort of tool, uh, that the junk community creates and, uh, and it's essentially open source. Right. And then anyone can build on top of it. Um, so Parachute could build on top of it, but any other agency or tech platform could could build on top of it as well uh, and start to offer maybe unique products and services that are really specific to a niche that they cater to. Yeah, I, I, I love that approach. It's, it's like a jumpstart, basically, yeah. to building something else, but also aggregating what is really happening in you know, what it is right now seems to be at least a very fragmented uh, mm -hmm. space where, you know, there's people building here, building there. Uh, one thing is launched, uh, people jump into it and then they jump into something else. So I think it's a good way to look at it. Um, this is this has been amazing, uh, Jeff. I think we could talk about this for <laughs> many hours. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, it, it adds to a to a follow up to see how the community is doing and and, and how parachute is doing. Yeah. Uh, definitely helps us in Lerma uh, keep thinking and redefining uh, how we look and how we serve our clients. Uh, we have had conversations, a lot of it inspired, I would say, by you, mm -hmm. uh, me working with our guys from Mexico about NFT and how that feels. Mm -hmm. um, I showed you a case where we played with blockchain. Uh, yeah. in a Super Bowl campaign. It was it, it was interesting uh, to play in that space. 
but we're 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 super excited. I think it's it's awesome that you 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 made the move and and that you're actually you know a lot of people think about doing stuff, uh, but not everybody has the nerve and the entrepreneurial spirit to do it. Mm -hmm. So I congratulate you for that, especially because I know what what you had and what you were building and what you left behind, which mm -hmm. was awesome as well. Mm -hmm. You had an amazing team. Um, but anyway, I, I would like uh, to to for you to share with the audience. Uh, I think you already shared where they can jump, jump. But if you want to repeat it, that's fine. I will put it on the on the notes of the podcast. But where they can find you, where they can talk to you. I think yeah. uh, you can add a lot to a lot of communities. And then you're also hungry for learning from other people and what they're thinking this aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um you know, just some community stats on Jump. There's close to 80 individuals, um, wow. yeah, that have sort of applied and, and, and kind of, not applied, requested an invite and like really fit that profile. Um, there's uh, the, they rep those 80 individuals represent 35 to 40 agencies, brands and Web3 startups. I'd say 80% of those are agencies. So we're talking 25 to 30 agencies represented between those 80 people. Um, so it's a great sort of community where it's, it's sort fast. of big, but it's not too big. And yeah. we've kind of been in this uh, onboarding process for two weeks. Um, and so, you yeah. know, obviously, yeah, it's a, it's a I, I, and I think once we actually solidify it and make it on chain and tokenize it, it'll it'll grow even faster. Mm -hmm. um, and we start building stuff like an, an open source tool for agencies to use whatever. Or we start doing hackathons or cohort learning and, and whatnot. So joinjump.community is where to find it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Kaufman Jr. Um, you can also email me at Jeff at parachute.xyz. Love it. Yeah. Um, I, I have a website for Parachute, but I've been really busy doing, you know, getting the community up and running that literally the website just says Parachute <laughs> on it. Um, and so, you know, this is all super early, 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 early stage in sort of all of this. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, anyone can feel free to reach out. That's where to find me. Well, I don't think I have to say, and you saw Pete Lerma earlier, but like um, count on us for whatever you need. Uh, we are super excited for you. John Lee also like was super excited to mm -hmm. us. Actually, he insisted that you came, um, came to Loud and Clear. So I really, really thank you for taking the time and, 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 and coming to the agency and, and meeting with us. It's, it's great to see you. Um, and for all folks out there, please reach out. Let us know your comments. Uh, this is Francisco Cárdenas, uh, Principal of Digital and Social Strategy at Lerma. We are super excited. This has been a great episode, super informative that we could keep going forever. Um, hopefully we can do another one. But thank you so much. Uh, you can find us at lermaagency.com. Follow us on social media. And uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Please rate us and comment. Uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere. Um, so let us know. Thank you very much, Jeff. You're a rock star. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We'll be seeing. Cheers. Bye.